this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. So you guys enjoyed last week, right? Awesome. Last week we had Aaron Holt with us bringing his message of the six choices of Psalm 23. Who, who here? Who was here? Who here was here last week? Awesome. So last week we learned one of the six choices. Does anyone remember what it was? There you go. Lily's got it. Choose your shepherd. Are you guys ready to learn the other five? All right. Please welcome Aaron Holtz. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. Look at your neighbor real quick. Say neighbor. Oh, come on. Now we practiced this last week. Y'all didn't come ready. Act like you like this person. Let's say neighbor. You look good today. See, that was good. That was a... Look at your other neighbor, the one you just ignored. Say other neighbor. You're my second choice. Mm, someone's like, I'm sorry. Some husband is like, I am not getting dinner today. I, I chose poorly the first time around. And, uh, but glad to be back with you for round two. And uh, last week I was with you, and I had a young man with me named Evan. And uh, this week my wife was with me. She is much better looking than Evan. This is my wife, Julie, over here. Come on, give Baker for a welcome. And uh, so we are, we're, we're glad to be with you. Our family is literally spread out all over the world. Our, our, one of our daughters, uh, Emma, is uh, in, the, in the DRC right now, Democratic Republic of Congo in Africa. And uh, so we talked with her a little bit this morning. She had just got done preaching her very first sermon in an African church. And I'm like, let's go, you know. So uh, yeah, so we're spread out all over the place. But we're glad to be here with you, our Freedom Valley family, and uh, pick up where we left off last week uh, in Psalm 23. So if you got your Bible, turn with me real quick, uh, get, get those verses out, six verses in Psalm 23, um, and we're going to pick up right in verse 2. I'll give you a little bit of a recap uh, in, in a minute, but uh, my wife and I this fall will celebrate our 27th wedding anniversary, and, and, uh, and I mentioned to you last week that uh, we, we now have two grandchildren, so how about that? Heather James and Levi John, so excited about that. But I, I remember as we, was it, we head towards verse 2 uh, in Psalm 23, um, there's something real, real, real funny that it just kind of reminds me of um, uh, when we get into verse 2, and I'll explain why it connects with verse 2 in just a moment. But uh, first year my wife and I were married, we lived uh, in Pittsburgh, where we're at again now. We just moved back there a couple years ago. But uh, we lived in a little second-floor apartment right in the north side, if you're familiar at all with the city, a little second-floor apartment. So it's like first year. That's where we landed. And uh, and so we're like, first-year marriage, newlyweds. I, I wake up in the middle of the night. She's over on that side of the bed, right? Um, I don't know how the rest of the guys in the room, your wife just declared, this is my side, right? Right? And you were just you were just like, I'm just happy to have a woman in my bed. So you just have whatever side you are. And so she wakes, I wake up in the middle of the night. She's over there and, and she's and I hear this. She's like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, and I'm just my first thought, I'm a newlywed, it's the middle of the night. My first thought is like, this woman I married is so spiritual, she prays in her sleep. I'm thinking, I don't know if I can live up to this expectation, you know. And she does, she prays about everything. I have I have actually caught her praying in the middle of movies as if it's going to make any difference to the movie or the end of the movie at all. I mean, and I'm like, I mean, I remember one movie, it was kind of scary. And I'm like, are you, are you praying right now? She's like, yeah, I'm praying for that person. I'm like, 
you, you know that this is already like, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, but, but she's over there, she's like, Jesus, Jesus. And um, so I kind of lean my head over and I'm like, I'm like, what, what's, what's going on, baby? You're right. And she, she whispers at me. She's like, there's a man, there's a man, there's a man in the room. There's a man in the room. And I, again, I'm a newlywed. It's the middle of the night. I'm like, I know, baby. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> she's like, no, she's like, no, there's a, there's a man. There's another man in the room, you know? She whispers, shouts at me. It's like a God-given gift that all you women have, I think, the ability to whisper, shout. She's, she's, she's like, there's another man in the room. Now I'm awake. Now I'm like, oh, oh, dang. I got I to gotta be the man and do something about the other man in the room right now. Like, that's what's got to, I jumped out of bed. I'm like, karate kid has a right. No, I grabbed the sheets. I put them over my head. And I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. She's, she's now awake. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, there's a man, there's a man, there's a man in the room. She's like, I was having a bad dream. She's, she's like, there's not, there was not, there's not another man in the room. It was a bad dream. And then she's like, apparently there's not even a man in the room. And I'm like, shots fired. Like, let's go, right? When you get to verse two of Psalm 23, let me, let me read it to you real quick. And you might have it right in front of you. But when you get to verse two, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet Waters. Okay, so what, what David, the author of Psalm 23, is really talking about here is he's talking about the fact that sheep actually get incredibly fearful, right? How many of you are like, I, I, I kind of get afraid. Like, I got my things. Like, I got my, my list of irrational fears, like the stuff that I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Well, this is, this is what happened to sheep all the time. Right? This is, this is why it's so important what we talked about last week. And if you missed last week, quick recap. We just spent all, all morning just talking about verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And we said that the very first choice of Psalm 23 is that you have to choose your shepherd and you got to choose wisely. And one of the things I said to you last week is that Psalm 23 has 116 words in it. If you don't get the first two words right, the Lord, is my shepherd. If you don't get the first two words right, the, the remaining 114 don't really mean much, right? So it's very important then when you get to verse two and you get to your second choice, which is choose your peace or choose where your peace comes from, right? Where your peace is going to come from is going to be determined by who your shepherd is. Right? Now, this is a big deal for the sheep, especially because sheep get afraid. They got a lot of stuff to be afraid about in that, in nature, right? I mean, they're, they, they have tons of predators. They have no way to defend themselves whatsoever. And so their relationship with their shepherd is, is paramount to their existence and their health. And when you get to verse number two, David says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Okay, uh, let me give you a couple of fun facts about sheep. I know probably many of you have pet sheep in your family. You, you know all kinds of background. I get it, but just kind of remind you real quick. So, so sheep are afraid. And because they're afraid at night, they generally speaking, they don't like to lay down because they're thinking they're going to be attacked by a predator. So what the shepherd has to do is the shepherd has to kind of like solve some of the, the fears that sheep have, right? They're afraid of their predators, so the shepherd has to be there. Um, sheep also won't sleep uh, if they uh, have like drama with the other sheep in the, in the flock, right? That's kind of fun, but there's such a thing as like drama with the sheep, right? Um, or, or sheep won't sleep if they're hungry, right? Some of you right now are thinking, wait a second, I don't like to sleep if I'm hungry or if I have drama with my friends, or if I'm afraid, I'm, a, I'm just like a sheep, right? right? And so when David says, he makes me lie down in green pastures, 
Probably a better understanding of this verse would be that he makes it so that they will lie down in green pastures because he deals with all of the things that would produce fear in their life, right? Uh, now, you know, think about it like this. Um, when you choose Jesus as your shepherd, then Jesus takes responsibility to make it so that you can experience this gift called peace in your life. Right? Jesus steps in, just like a shepherd does. Jesus steps very much into whatever your situations or your circumstances or your troubles or your trials are. I mean, Jesus just kind of steps in and says, hey, listen, I'm here. I'm, I'm your shepherd. Here's another way that you could say it. Peace in your life is not the absence of your problems, but it's the presence of your shepherd. It's the presence of the one who's with you. It's the presence of the person you've chosen to be shepherd. This is why it's so important. The choice number one, choose your shepherd. And then choice number two, choose your peace. It's so important you make these decisions because here's what you discover when you begin to walk with Jesus. When you and I make a decision to say, I'm going to choose Jesus as my shepherd, I am in that moment also choosing to have a life of peace. Because peace is not a feeling. Peace is not an emotion. P peace, peace is not like a place that you go or a hobby that you have or an activity. True peace is not found in any of those things. True peace is only found in the person of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is peace and having peace is found in Jesus. And so when you make the second choice, you're saying, I, I choose to make sure that whatever or whoever my shepherd is, they better be able to provide me some peace because I need some peace, right? And David's talking about this. Remember the context. Again, if you weren't here last week, a little recap for you. David is writing Psalm 23 just after he has gotten kicked out of his palace in the capital city of Jerusalem in Israel. His own son, Absalom, has, has recruited a rebellious army. They have attacked the capital city. They have driven David out of the palace. David, uh, for the time being, when he writes Psalm 23, at this moment in his life, David has lost everything. He's lost his kingship. He's lost his rule. He's lost his power. He's lost his wealth. He, uh, he, he's dealing with the pain and sting of rebellion and rejection from his own son, who is literally attempting to take his life in order to take the kingdom for himself. And in that context, David says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. I mean, and just think about this for a second. David is on the run for his life, and he's talking about taking a nap. That's what it says. He makes me lie down in green pastures, right? That's what, I mean, this is, this, what we're talking about here is rest and sleep and peace. And I don't know about you. I just think, like, if, if the God that I serve wants me to take naps, sign me up for that. I'm... I'll take that. There's a lot of good naps out there. You know what I'm saying? Like there's some, there's some high quality naps on my list. Post Thanksgiving dinner nap. That's a, that's a nap, y'all. Come on. And then you wake up and see the Cowboys lost and you're like, that nap was so good. Like that was, all the Steelers fans can unite around that one. Right, right. That's, I mean, that's a good, that's a good nap. When I, when I was in high school, um, I had what I called the math nap. That was when I realized I was actually never going to pass algebra. And so I must have just sleep through the class. It just, you know, it just didn't matter. Um, uh, so, some, some of you have uh, what my wife and I lovingly call the procrastination nap, right? We've seen all of our three teenagers do this, right? It's when you got so much work to do, you'd rather just go to sleep. Just like, it's, like, it's good. But, but that's what David's talking about. He's not really talking about physical naps, right? As much as he's talking about 
you having a level of peace in your life that regardless of your circumstances or situations, you're like, I'm good. I chose my shepherd wisely. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. There's, there's one more like, little, little thought here. And, and again, all, all of this that I'm preaching is, is in the book uh, that I wrote a couple years ago on Psalm 23. It's out there at the table. Uh, if you haven't gotten it yet, stop and pick up a copy. If you want to buy an extra one for a friend, feel free to do that. Um, and I, I'll just say this on this note too. Some of you last week talked to us and you're like, you wanted certain sizes in the t-shirts we had and Unfortunately, we're completely out of t-shirts, so all we have out there is some hats and hoodies and stuff like that. So I'll say that. But one, one more quick thought before we go into verse, verse number three. Um, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures, right? Do you, do you know what sheep eat for breakfast? They're sleeping in their breakfast. This, this would be like me sleeping in a sleeping bag made out of bacon. I'm just going to, like, that's just... But, but, but... But when you understand what the text is saying here, it's saying this. You can choose peace because when you choose peace found in who you choose as your shepherd, you've also chosen provision. He provides. I, I don't have to worry about what's going to happen the next day. I don't have to. Sheep never had to wonder where their next meal was going to come from because that was the shepherd's job. Right? The shepherd was always leading and guiding and providing, right? What did he provide? Well, he provided peace and rest so that they could sleep and protection, but he also provided the next meal. And they see that that's true for you in your life when you find yourself having no peace whatsoever, right? Because you feel like I'm going to be in lack in my life. This is why verse number one says, I lack nothing because all of my hope and my faith and my trust is put in my shepherd, in Jesus Christ, the one whom I've chosen to say, you're my shepherd, right? So point number one, we talked about last week, choose your shepherd. Point number two, you have to choose your peace. Point number three comes from verse number three. So let me read verse number three to you real quick. It says this, he restores my soul and he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So point number three is choose the truth. Choose the truth. Because what the text says is that, that he's guiding me or the shepherd is guiding the sheep in the path of righteousness or that which is right. Or if you want a real technical theological definition of righteousness, it means this. It means to be in right standing with God or to be in right relationship with God. Okay, here's what would happen. Here's what happened, right? Uh, sheep get distracted. How many of you, like, you, you kind of get distracted? Like, you know, you got a job, and then it's like, I just, what was I thinking about? I don't even, you get distracted. Well, sheep, sheep get distracted. So a good shepherd is always doing one of two things, especially uh, de depending on the size of his flock. A good shepherd is, is, is always either counting his sheep, meaning he, he gets the sheep together, they're kind of grazing in the field, and he maybe sits up a little higher on a rock, and he's, 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 he's doing his numbers because he knows exactly how many sheep he has. Or... A good shepherd also, if he has a very large flock, would always be looking to the sky. And when he looked to the sky, he would try to be identified, are there any birds of prey? Uh, and, and if there are birds of prey, are, are they just passing over or are they circling? Because a bird of prey that's circling is a bird of prey that has eyed in on a sheep that has wandered away from the flock. And in that moment, when a shepherd would see that, or he would, or he would count and know that his number is off, a good shepherd would, would jump to action. 
he'd run to the direction that the bird of prey was going, or he'd be, he'd be looking and counting and, and going over where they had just come from. Where's this one sheep? This is actually exactly what Jesus is talking about. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 12, Jesus says this. He says, a good shepherd leaves the 99 to find the one. Yeah, some of you know the verse, right? So when you choose your shepherd, with your shepherd comes peace, point number two. But with your, with your shepherd also comes truth, right? And, and the truth in this situation, it, there's, a, there's a couple aspects of truth here. And we can talk about a bunch of them. I'll just give you a couple, right? There's a couple aspects of truth here. One is there, there's truth to the fact that if I choose Jesus as my shepherd, I know that I serve a God who's going to chase me down every time I get distracted and wonder. That's good news. Because if you're like me, you've got your bad days. And sometimes your bad days turn into bad weeks. And sometimes your bad weeks turn into bad months all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, you, you look at yourself and you're like, man, I have wondered so far. I have wondered so far. I'm, I'm so disconnected from God or disconnected from a church family or disconnected from the life I was living at once because I've wandered away, right? And this is what the shepherd would do. He, he, he would search high and low. He left the 99. He's going after the one. He's looking everywhere. And when he finds that one sheep that has wandered and has gotten distracted, you know, he, you know, he picks that sheep up and he scolds it and he yells at it and he takes his club and he hits it a couple. No, you don't do that. No, 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 no. A good shepherd picks up that sheep and says, I'm, I'm going to take you back to the, to the, to the flock. See, here's, here's the truth for you. This is, such a, this is such a good truth. Your ability to wander in life will never be greater than God's ability to track you down and find you wherever you're at. He's always chasing us down. Always chasing you down. Right? He, he's, so that, there's truth. But the text says, he guides me in paths of righteousness. So when it says he restores my soul... If you want to get real technical about the, 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 the original Hebrew in which this text is written, when he restores my soul, he's talking about an actual process that shepherds would use to restore life back to the sheep. Because if a sheep wandered away and it found itself stranded maybe for half a day or hours in the, the hot Middle Eastern sun, that sheep was close to death at that point. And when a shepherd picked it up, it would pick it up and he would, he would kind of, kind of balance it between its, his knees so the sheep could stand and he would kind of like do a little bit of a leg massage to get blood restored. He was restoring the soul of the sheep. It's the same thing he does to you and I when we found ourselves wondering. But then it says, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. What does that mean? It means he wants to not just restore me, but he wants to put me back on a path of righteousness, right living, or, or put myself back onto a path of truth. Okay, I have to choose the truth. What does this mean? Usually, for a sheep, when they would wander, they wandered because they got distracted. It wasn't because they wanted to. They just were, they just were you know, they looked over there and they're like, oh, that's a little bit of grass over there. That looks good. I'm going to go eat that. <laughs> oh, there's another one over there. I'm going to go eat that. You know, like when we, we see, it's a little, you have to understand a little bit of, geography here now, now at this point. In, a, in, in our country, when we read things like green pastures, we think like an entire field full of green, of grass, right? This is a Middle Eastern climate. They don't have entire fields full of grass. 
There's, a, there's like a little little piece there and a little section there and a little, you know, thistle grass over there. And so sheep were always kind of searching, right? You know, and so because they were hungry, they would get distracted and, and they would wonder what. Here's how it works in your life and my life. I, I feel this. And so I want to follow my feelings. I find myself attracted to this or, or this situation or this person. And so I, I kind of start to, to go this way over here. I have these emotional needs in this area of my life, this emotional need for approval from this group of friends. And so I find myself being attracted to, to, to be with them and to do what they're doing and to look the way they look and talk the way they talk and dress the way that they dress and so on and so on. I, 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 I feel like I have these needs. And so... For you and I, it's typically our emotions or our feelings that lead us astray. And this is probably more challenging now in American culture than it's ever been before because you and I live in a culture that preaches this to us every single day, in every song, in every movie, in every show, uh, all of our social feeds, every, all of our educational systems preaches this to you. You need to live your truth. What do they really mean? They mean you need to follow your heart. Right, culture, culture. You find this in our cultural phrases like this, like "you do you, boo." <laughs> right? I mean, what are they saying? They're like, trust, just trust your heart. Your heart will never lead you astray. Right? Just trust your heart. This is what culture says, not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the heart, my heart, your heart, is wicked, and it will lead me astray. Right? The the, the Bible's answer to "you do you" is be holy because the Lord is holy. So, so "you do you" is actually a counterfeit to what God says to us when he says, I want to guide you into paths of righteousness, right living before God. And so I have to choose the truth. I specifically say choose the truth because if you believe in the Bible and you believe that the Bible is the author and source of truth, which is what Jesus said in John 14, 6, when he said, I am the way, the, and the life, right? If you believe in this, then there really is no such thing as my truth and your truth. There's the truth and my opinion. There's the truth and your opinion. There's the truth and your or my perspective. There's the truth and my feelings. Right? And, and so, so it's important when you choose your shepherd, and then you choose the peace that comes from your shepherd, with that, you also have to make a decision to say, God's word is true, and it's applicable in every area of my life, regardless of how I feel. And boy, isn't that hard. Come on, I'm not even going to act like that's easy. Because when you get in a battle between your feelings and the truth, whew, that's a battle. And you know you're losing the battle if you find that you're constantly following your feelings. You know that you are in the battle, if you're constantly wrestling between, I feel this, but I know God's word says this. You know you're winning the battle when you say, I feel like I want to go this direction, but I'm actually going to go the direction that God's word wants me to go, regardless of my feelings. That shows actual great maturity in your walk and your relationship with God. Right? Choice number one, choose your shepherd. Choice number two, choose your Come, come on. Class is in session. Y'all going to fail the test at the end of choose your peace. Choice number three, choose the. Okay, here we go. Point number or choice number four, right? All right. Choice number four is this. Choose faith. Choose faith. 
Point number four comes from verse number four, because in verse number four it says this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Okay, let me give you the, the shepherd's perspective here, and then we'll apply this spiritually to our life. Um, a lot of scholars, uh, especially those that are knowledgeable of what shepherding was like in a Middle Eastern climate, like this, where this comes from, they, they would say that Psalm 23 potentially represents the entire cycle of, of, of a year in relationship between a shepherd and their sheep. And in verse 1, 2, and 3, uh, the shepherd is probably close to the, the home farm, so to speak, right? And there's fenced-in fields, and there's some protection there. But come middle of the year or late summer, the sheep have grazed through or eaten through all of the field that's fenced in and protected. And so now at this point, the shepherd has to take the sheep on a journey and they have to go on a journey through some of the narrow mountain ravines and passes and valleys. They have to go on a journey because ultimately the shepherd has already identified and earmarked for them some uh, better fields for them to graze on higher up in the mountains. Uh, shepherds called them the tablelands. It's actually more specifically to what verse 5 is referencing. When verse 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We'll get to that in a second. But, but, but when it says you prepare a table, it literally is a shepherd who has gone ahead of the sheep through the valley to have a feast prepared for them in the middle of the mountain passes. But in order to get to what God's prepared for them, or what the shepherd's prepared for them, I should say, the sheep got to trust their shepherd and they got to go through the valley. And when you go through the valley and you're, and you're, and you're sheep, you're exposed. You're vulnerable. And it's in the valley that the sheep learn to trust the shepherd better and more deeply than at any other point in, in the year of journeying with a shepherd because in the valley, it's dark. And in the valley, it's scary. And in the valley, I got to stay as close to my shepherd as I can because I, I, I sense the darkness and I sense the danger and I sense that I could be taken out from any side. And David is living in a valley when he writes this because David's on the run for his life. And so although David might be specifically referring to a process that he himself, as a young man, when he was a shepherd, took sheep through, He's also speaking to my heart and your heart and his own heart when he's saying, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For your rod and your staff are with me. So I got to choose faith. I have to choose to place faith in my shepherd. And I place faith specifically, according to the text, in the shepherd's rod and the shepherd's staff. Two different things every shepherd had. A rod. It was like this short little club. Almost like it was just, it was, it was just like almost, you know, maybe, maybe two, two feet high or something. And shepherds would use it for a number of different things. Um, shepherds would use it as a sign of authority. Um, if they ran into other flocks or they ran into other shepherds, um, shepherds would use it as a way to uh, protect the sheep. So uh, if there was a predator coming in from the side and a shepherd could just, just kind of throw it at the predator in order to scare the predator away. Or, or if there was an, an, an actual attack and there was a, a wolf or a mountain lion, a bear or something like that, they, a shepherd, this was their weapon. This was what they would use in order to defend the sheep, right? And then the shepherd had a staff, right? The staff was uh, probably what you've seen in most pictures, right? The staff is like that long, slender you know, stick with like the little, the little hook or, or they called it a crook on the top like that. And, and this, and this, and the shepherd used the staff in a much different way. 
The staff was what the shepherd used to guide the sheep. So if a shepherd was walking behind a sheep and they're walking along and the sheep started to maybe go to the wrong direction, the shepherd would take one of the sides of his staff and he just would real, reach up and just gently tap the sheep on maybe the, the opposite side on their shoulder so the sheep would know, okay, we're, we're going to go over here, we're going to go this way. Or, or, or maybe he'd tap it to get it back in line. Or verse 3, when the shepherd restores the sheep, rescues them, he, he uses the, the crook part of it in order to maybe reach down and, and carefully pick sheep up. In my life and in your life, we have a rod and we have the staff as well. Scholars will tell you that the rod in Psalm 23 is symbolic of the role and function of the word of God in your life and my life. So I have the rod. I have God's word. God's word as my authority. God's word as the truth. God's word as a weapon that I can use against the enemy of my soul when he comes to attack me. Some of you say, well, how do I use God's word as a weapon? I got to read it. Yeah. I got to study it. I got to memorize it. Right? I, 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 this, this is how my wife says it. I got to get a word from the word. Right? A word from the word. And I got to pray it over my life. And I got to preach it to myself at times. And sometimes I have to prophesy it over my situation or my circumstances or my trouble. Sometimes I just have to say, man, I see the trouble, I see the difficulty, but I also see the truth of God's word, and I've got a word from the word. Let me just preach that to myself right now. Let me prophesy that over myself. My, my wife, for years in our marriage, she would take a word from the word, and she would write it on a post-it note, and she'd stick it up on like the bathroom mirror. And some, some mornings, I go into the bathroom, and it, it feels like revival just broke out in my bathroom. I mean, it's just like, scriptures everywhere. I just want to brush my teeth do my hair, you know. I don't know why that's funny. This takes a lot of work. This is hard. No. <laughs> right? I mean, I, but, but and I'm, I'm like, what? one day, this is early in our marriage, I'm like, what, what is all that about? And she's like, when you get a word from the word, you, 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 you put it somewhere where you're going to see it every day so that you can memorize it, so that you can preach it to yourself, so that you can prophesy it to yourself, so that you can pray it over yourself. Why do you do that? Because when I take God's word, which is my authority and the truth, and I pray it over myself, I am building up my faith. I'm making my faith stronger. Let me, let me be real clear here because there's a lot of confusion sometimes about like, well, what is faith? Well, let me tell you what faith is not. Faith is not a feeling. It, having faith can produce good feeling, but faith in and of itself is not a feeling. Faith is not um, optimistic thinking. It can and most likely should produce optimistic thinking, but it's not optimistic thinking. Faith is not like good vibes, right? Right? It can produce that, but that's not what Faith, and, and I'm going to give you a definition of faith that comes from Dr. Tony Evans, and he says it like this. He says, faith is when I act like, act, behave, when I act like everything God said in his word is true, regardless of how I feel. So faith is acting, right? Well, well, how can I act on the word of God if I don't know the word of God? How can I act with my mouth and preach it and pray it and prophesy it over myself, my children, my grandchildren, this world, my situation, my job, my family? How can I do that if I don't know it? So I, like a shepherd would be with his rod, have to become very familiar with this right here because this becomes my greatest 
defender and my greatest weapon when I find myself in the valley. Man, I'm in a dark season in my life. I got, I got stuff going on. I got questions. I got doubts. I got pain. I, I got job loss. I got sickness. I, I, got, I, got, I got situations going on with kids and grandkids. I, I got big decisions to make about my, my, my high school life or my young adult life. I, I feel like I'm in a valley. What do, what do I need in a valley? I better have a bunch of this in my, in my heart. I better have a foundation found in this. Because when I say choose faith, I'm not talking about having a good feeling. I'm talking about your ability to act upon truth regardless of how I feel, right? So here, here's good truth for you. I might not feel this every day, but the truth says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't always feel that, but the truth says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's good gospel truth from his word. I don't always feel that. But the truth says, my enemy comes at me one way, but he's going to flee seven ways. That's true. Right? Right? I, I don't know. I Sometimes I feel attacked, but the truth of God's word says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. I act in truth. That's the rod. But then I also got the staff. What's the staff? Well, the staff, according to Bible scholars, is the staff is symbolic of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life. And in the same way that a shepherd uses the staff to, hey, hey, no, no, that way, that way, you know, or hey, let me just let me, let me pull you back. Come on, buddy. Come on over here, over here. Well, that's the same work that the Holy Spirit does. He, he taps on your shoulder and says, you, you don't want to go there. He, 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 he taps on your shoulder and says, I know you want to say that, but don't say that. Right? How many of you are like, sometimes I just say it anyways. <laughs> right? I just, right? But I'm, this is how the Holy Spirit works. You know, he, tap, he, he says, hey, I know you're feeling this right here, and you want to go that direction. I'm just telling you, you don't, you don't want to do that. You don't, you, don't, you, you don't want to get in the car with those people, young person. You don't know. I know. I know. You feel like you're gonna miss out because you didn't get invited to the party or whatever. But like, it's you don't want to be there. Trust me, you don't want to be there. So that's the work of the Holy Spirit, right? And so again, I have to choose what faith. Everyone say faith. I have to choose faith because faith sometimes seems to go the opposite direction of what I feel or what I'm attracted to, especially when you're in the valley. Because in the valley, it's dark and it's lonely and it's scary. But here's what the text says. But we're going to move on here in a second. Here's what the text says. Even though I walk through the valley. It doesn't say I'm going to go to the valley. It doesn't say I stay in the valley. It doesn't say I camp out in the valley. It doesn't say I'm going to live in the valley forever. It says I walk through the valley. That says to me that I serve a God who's always taking me through. I think, I think the word through might be one of God's favorite words in all of the Bible. He says, I'm going to take you through the valley. I'm going to take you through the water, and you're not going to drown. I'm going to take you through the wilderness, and you're, and you're not, you're not going to die. I'm going to take you through the fire, and you're not going to be burned. He's always a God taking you through it. What does that mean? If I choose my shepherd wisely, then I can have peace that is based out of his truth, and I can have faith that is strong, because my faith is placed in my shepherd. What does that mean? If Jesus led me to it, he will also take me through it. Because the strength of my faith or your faith is not in the fact that I have faith or that I have good feelings about faith. The strength of my faith 
is found in whom I have placed my faith, right? And if I know I place my faith in Jesus as my shepherd, I've got a lot of strength now. Listen, two people in your life can say the exact same thing to you, and one of them you 100% believe because you have faith, and another person you're like, "Mm, probably not. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, in, in my family, if my daughter Emma says, we are leaving at this time right here, you can, you can put your faith in it. That is going to happen. And about 15 minutes before it's time to leave, she's sitting there waiting, right? If my son says, we're going to leave around this time, I'm like, eh, maybe. If my son and his wife, our daughter-in-law say, we're going to come over at 6 for dinner, my wife and I are like, so you thinking like 6.30 maybe? Right? <laughs> right? We're just kind of, eh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm just saying, like, so the strength of your faith is determined by the person in whom you've placed your faith. That's why choice number one is so important. You've got to choose your shepherd. You've got to choose your shepherd wisely. Last, last two points, last two choices here. These ones are, are much quicker, right? Verse number five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head, my cup overflows. So first I choose my shepherd. Second, I choose peace. Then I choose the, then I choose, and now I can choose joy. I can choose joy. What is joy? It's not a feeling. It's not good vibes. It's not optimistic thinking. That's happiness. Nothing wrong with that. But that's not what joy is. Joy is found because I place my faith in my shepherd. And I choose then to have a life full of joy regardless of the circumstances that I'm in or I've just come through. Because in verse 5, the sheep have just come through verse 4. And verse 4 was hard and difficult and dark and scary. But now they're in verse 5. And in verse 5, my shepherd has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Literally, that's the tablelands, higher up in the mountain, belly high alfalfa grass. It's a smorgasbord of grass eating for the sheep. Right? But for you and I, it's an understanding. I can have joy in spite of the most difficult circumstances I find myself in because my joy is not found in my circumstances or my situation. My joy is not found in my bank account. My joy isn't found in the house that I live in or the car that I drive. My joy isn't found in having every relationship in perfect working order one to another. My joy is actually found in whom I have placed my faith, which is my shepherd. Yeah, and so the sheep have come through all of verse 4, and they get to verse 5, and it's like, whew, look at this. Our shepherd did all this for us. David, according to the Old Testament text in the history books, David is on the run for his life, yet he still has a feast in the middle of the wilderness, thanking God for his goodness, knowing that at any moment his enemies might pounce upon him. That's joy. He has so much joy that he ends this verse by saying, my cup overflows, right? It's it's symbolic of a life that is so full of peace and so full of joy that you're just like, it just spills out of you. (laughs) Like, Like people can't be around you without thinking like, man, that person's happy. Man, they're always smiling. 
And, and it's like, it's like, it's like there's so much goodness coming out of you, not because like you produced it, but there's so much goodness coming out of you because you've made wise choices all the way through your life and wise choices through Psalm 23 that when people bump into you, you confuse them because they, they know your story. They know what you've been through. They know how much you've lost. They, 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 they remember when you lost your job. They remember when your business went under. They remember when your marriage dissolved and, and fell apart. They remember all the difficult stuff that, that, that you went through, yet you're still smiling. Listen, some of you have confused the enemy because you showed up at church today. Because, and he's looking at you and he's saying, how much more do I have to throw at that person right there and look at them? They're still worshiping and they're still serving and they're still going to church. And like, like, what do I do with that person? What's happened to you? The joy of the Lord is overflowing out of you. You're living a life like a cup overflowing. So I choose joy in spite of all my circumstances. And then verse number six. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I, I, love, the, I love all of Psalm 23, but maybe this first part of verse 6 is probably one of my favorites because it says, it says this. It says, my shepherd is so good to me that I'm following my shepherd, but he's also following me. I've got spies in my life that are trailing me, and they're trailing me with goodness and mercy. With God's great love, I can't turn any direction without running into a shepherd and God's goodness and mercy in my life. And then he ends it and he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So choice number one is I have to choose my, oh, you're doing better, but I think you can, you know, you're like, you're, we can get to an A plus. That's like a solid B right there, right? I, choice number one is I have to choose my, Number two, I choose peace. And number three, I choose the truth. Yeah, not your truth or my truth, the truth, right? And choice number four, I choose, right? And the strength of my faith will be determined by the person in whom I place my faith. And then choice number five, I choose, right? Because it's not happiness. It's not momentary. It's not circumstantial. It's, it's, it's this deep joy inside of me. And then choice number six is this. I choose community, Meaning, I choose to be in a faith community with you. Because the Bible says that we are not independent, we are interdependent. And so when I'm going through my faith journey, just like the sheep in, in the flock, I need the shepherd, yes, but I also need the other sheep around me. Even if they smell a little weird sometimes. Even if they don't look like me. Even if some of them are like the black sheep of the family, right? Or I'm just, you know, like, I'm just like, like I just, I, I, need, I need one another. We need one another. In order for me to learn faith and to learn the fullness of what it means to choose Jesus as shepherd and to live in peace and to choose truth over my feelings and to choose faith that takes me through the dark times in life, and to choose joy regardless of my circumstances, I need to also choose community. I choose relationship with you and I, one another. That's why it's important that you're part of a faith community. That's why it's important that you're part of church, right? That's why it's important that you say, I need to be in relationship with other people. Which, which I'll, I'll say this just as a, I, I'm your friend, I love you. I'm not your pastor. 
That just means I get to say stuff that they can't normally say. Okay. Sure, you should make a commitment to being at church on a Sunday morning, but relationship far exceeds or surpasses the kind of relationship you can have with people rubbing shoulders on a Sunday morning. Corporate worship, faith gatherings, and experience like this, they are an incredibly important part, and I would say a necessary part, of your faith development. But probably even more important at times is you knowing that right here in the Freedom Valley family, you've got some friends you can depend on when you're going through the valley. You've got some friends you can depend on when you've lost your joy, because it happens to all of us. You've got some people that you know will go to battle for you and pray for you when you feel like your faith is on shaky ground. You've got some people you can text or, or call or, or those who will stand with you when you feel like my world has fallen apart and my peace has been momentarily dissolved right in front of my eyes. What do I do now? Right? You need community. So let's, let's pass the test here. Everybody ready? Number one, I choose my... Yeah. Stop there for a second. Have you done that? Right? In the silence of your heart, have you done that? And I would say to you, that's a decision that you and I have to make every single day. Remember I said to you last week, everybody has a shepherd. Everybody has something in their life that in its own way leads them and guides them and provides for them in some way. And who's your shepherd? That's a great question for you to start every day with. Who's my shepherd today? I'm going to make Jesus my shepherd. And then number two, I choose peace. I choose peace. In, in, spite, in spite of my circumstances, I choose peace. I choose the peace to know that my, my shepherd will always provide for me, just like the shepherd provided for the sheep. And then number three, I choose the... This one's hard. This one's hard. Because my feelings will, will do what the sheep do. My feelings will go astray. My feelings will get distracted. My feelings will lead me to something else or someone else that will tempt me in some way. My feelings will take me a different direction. And if you listen to the cultural narrative, culture says, go live your life. Go live your best life. Go get your bag. Go live your truth. But if I believe in the truth, then I have to live in the tension of, I feel this but I'm submitted to the truth of God's word regardless of my feelings. So I gotta choose the truth. And then after that, number four, I have to choose joy. Faith, faith. See, it was a test. <laughs> you guys passed the test. Gold stars for everybody after the service is over. Sometimes even the preachers forget what they just got done preaching, it's okay. I gotta choose faith. And the strength of my faith will be determined by the person in whom I place my faith. And I have to, with faith, build my faith with the weapons that I have at my disposal. I got the rod and I got the staff. I have his word and I have the Holy Spirit. Number five, I choose, there it is. Yeah, I choose joy, right? All right, and then number six, I choose, I choose community. Bow your heads with me, close your eyes if you would. Actually, would you, would you stand to your feet as, you, as you're doing that? And I want to ask the prayer team if they would come and present themselves right around the front here. And I want to take a moment and I want to pray for all of us. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. But I also want to open up um, a moment here for those that would like to have someone that's a part of the prayer team, elders, pastors here at the church. Um, just take a moment and stand with them and pray with them.
right? This is, this is community. This is what community looks like, right? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Let me pray for you real quick. Jesus, I thank you that every day presents the opportunity for us to choose our shepherd. And so I take a moment right here. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I take a moment just to pray specifically for anybody who's here in the room or anyone who's watching online that would just say, I have yet to make that choice. It's, it's the first choice for a reason because the remaining five choices are really massive blessings in your life that you don't really ever get access to unless you've made the first choice. Choosing Jesus Christ as your shepherd. Choosing to believe that Jesus was the Son of God who lived a perfect sinless life, who died on a cross, who rose from the grave three days later, who defeated death and sin on the cross so that he could take the rightful place as our shepherd. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here in the room uh, right now, if you're watching online and you have yet to make a decision to call Jesus your shepherd, to submit and give him your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If that's you, I'm talking to you and you say, I need to choose Jesus as my shepherd on the count of three. I want you to raise your hand wherever you're at, wherever you're standing at. Just raise your hand. One, two, three. Just, just lift it up real quick. Yeah, I see a couple hands here. Anyway, I see a couple hands back here. Anywhere else? Yep, right over here. There's probably maybe four or five hands that are raised. Anyone else, you would just say, I need to make that choice. Let me get, let me get my hand up real quick. Let me, let me just be a part of this right now. Okay, awesome. You can put your hands down. I want to ask everybody to repeat this prayer after me, not just those of you that raised your hands, but every single person in the house, would you just repeat after me real quickly? Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I choose you as my shepherd. And today I declare, I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the grave. And because you did that, you're the son of God. And I can submit my life to you. And I can receive the gift of salvation that you purchased with your death on the cross and your resurrection from the grave. In your name I pray, amen. Can we just celebrate for a moment? There's about four or five people here this morning. Come on. And for, the, for those of you that raise your hands, I was trying to count. I think maybe there's about four or five. For those of you that raise your hands, I would encourage you as soon as um, the service concludes, um, that you would talk to one of the pastors here, one of the elders, talk to Pastor Isaiah, talk to one of the elders, Tom, one of the people that are up here, and just let them know, hey, I made a decision today to follow Jesus because I know that Freedom Valley would love to stand with you. It's community, right? They would love to stand with you. Um, and, and what you just did in praying that prayer, those of you that raised your hands, um, you, you did not pray a magic prayer that's gonna make your life perfect. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> No, no, no. You, you, I was introducing, introducing you to my best friend named Jesus. And now you have the opportunity, like we all do, to build a relationship with him. And Freedom Valley wants to help you do that. And so if you would talk to one of the pastors or pro team members, they'll give you some information. They'll guide you uh, in, in the right way. All right. So let me give a second invitation now. You're here in the room this morning, and you would just say, I, I've lost my peace. <laughs> because of stuff that have happened in my life. I, 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 I'm wrestling and I find myself following my feelings more than I'm aligning myself with the truth of God's word. Um, 
my faith is weak. I'm in a valley right now. I'm in a really dark and difficult moment. I've lost all my joy. It's just like drained out of, I'm not the cup overflowing. I'm the cup overturned right now. That's what I am. And I just, I need my joy to be restored to me, right? If any of those are areas that you would say, man, that's what's happened in my life right now. We want to pray for you. And the prayer team up here wants to pray for you. So would you do this with me? You're standing right now. Remain standing, but bow your heads, close your eyes, right? On the count of three, if you just say, I just want someone from the church to pray with me and stand with me because I've got some challenges, some stuff going on right now on the count of three. I just invite you to take a step of faith and to walk forward and come and stand with uh, some of the prayer people here and some of the elders and pastors and let them minister to you for just a moment. On the count of three, you come. One, two, three. Come on, right now. You just say, I just... I just, I need, I need, I need someone to stand with you. Come on, there's people coming. Just be, be bold in this moment, right? And just, yep, come on, keep on coming, keep on coming. There's enough people to pray for everybody. Come on, keep on coming. You just say, I just need to do that. I just need to do that. I just need to do that. Yeah, yeah. Julie, would you just come? Yeah, yeah. Anyone else? You just, you keep on coming. All right. They're going to pray. They're going to minister the rest of you. If, if at any point you feel like I need to come forward, you just do that. But if you feel comfortable, those of you that are standing in your seats, would you just lift your hands to heaven right now? Come on, just lift your hands to heaven right now. And I want you to take a moment with your own words. If you feel comfortable, you don't have to lift your hands, but if you feel comfortable, lift your hands to heaven. And with your own words, would you begin to pray whatever part of the message or whatever part of Psalm 23, the Holy Spirit has kind of highlighted in your mind the most, right? Probably every one of us in the room, you're thinking like, man, I'm doing really good with certain things, but there's certain choices that I need to make. I need to embrace the choice of faith or peace or joy, whatever it is. But would you, would you just take a moment and would you just pray for yourself? Just for, I'm going to pray for you too, but you pray for yourself right now. If you feel comfortable, you just go ahead and pray loud enough. If you feel comfortable, pray loud enough that your own ears can hear what your mouth is saying. And let's just take a couple moments and pray. And then I'm going to bless you. And then, and then uh, one of your elders, Tom, is going to come and give you some further instruction. But, but come on, you just take a moment and pray. So God, I just pray, God, you will restore joy to those who have lost joy. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that you are a God who says in John 10, 10, that you've come to give us a life and life more abundantly, a life full of joy. And so, God, for the person who feels like the circumstances and the challenges of life have squeezed out of them all of their moments of joy and contentment, God, I just pray that you would refill them today to overflowing, Lord. God, I pray for a person who feels like their faith is weak. They feel like they're so under attack uh, because of the valley season, because of the darkness in life, because of the pain and the, the challenging circumstances, Lord. So God, I just pray that faith will be made strong, Lord, not based on a good feeling here in church, but faith will be made strong because it's rooted in the truth of God's word. And faith will be made strong because, God, we know that we have the presence of the Holy Spirit living in us to lead us and to guide us, Lord. And God, I pray over the person who feels like they've, they've lost peace in their life, God. So God, I pray that they would just be reintroduced to the person of Jesus Christ, who is called in scripture, the Prince of Peace, right? Jesus, you are peace. It's only when we have you in our life, God. I pray we'd be reminded, God, that peace is not the absence of our problems. It's the presence of our shepherd with us in these moments. God, I pray for the person who's struggling deeply, Lord, between following their feelings versus following truth. God, would you help us to learn to align our hearts and align our minds 
with the truth of God's word, regardless of how we feel. God, do that, I pray, in your name, Lord. I pray, God, you help us to take the verses of Psalm 23 and just begin to pray them over our life and just begin to prophesy them over our life and begin to preach them over our life. We take each and every verse and we just say, God, I'm calling these things into fruition that I might not see in the physical sense, but God, I'm calling them by faith into my life. Jesus, you're my shepherd. I choose peace. I choose truth. I choose faith. I choose joy, and God, I choose community and this faith community to support me and to encourage me and to spur me on in my development and in my journey spiritually. God, do it, I pray, in your name. Amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. If you're still praying up at the front, go right ahead and do that. Let me say one more thing to you, then, then, then Tom's going to come. You can take every verse in Psalm 23, 116 words, six verses, and, and if you feel like in your life that you're not always good at praying, right? When you, when you sit down to try to pray, you feel like, I, I don't, sometimes I feel like I just don't even know what to pray. Anybody feel that way? Come on, like, I'm, come on, sometimes. I've been a preacher for 25 years and there's sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to pray right now, Tom. Like some, you know, you will never have a better prayer life than when you are praying God's word in your life and over your life. You can't go wrong. Right? See, sometimes, sometimes we struggle with prayer because we think that I got to get all the words right. I don't think that's true. I think that prayer is more a, a relational thing between God and I. But sometimes we're like, Did I, am I, I'm even praying the right thing? Or do my prayers even matter? Do my prayers have any authority whatsoever? You want your prayers to have authority? Pray what God says in his word. And so for some of you, that might mean for the next several weeks, you just say, I'm going to open up my Bible. I'm going to open up my little app on my phone. I'm going to grab my little audible app that, you know, reads God's word to me. And I'm just going to take the six verses of Psalm 23 and I'm going to pray them over my life. I'm going to pray them over my life. Let me show you how to do that real quick. I told you last week I was going to do this. Let me show you how to do that real quick. And then Tom's going to come and give you some instruction. All right. So if you feel comfortable, lift your face towards heaven, lift your hands towards heaven. And let me pray Psalm 23 over you. And the way that I'm going to pray it over you is the same way you can pray it over yourself. God, I thank you that you're my shepherd. I declare that you are my shepherd. You're in charge of my life. I have chosen you as my shepherd. And God, I thank you that if the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. So God, I just declare in my life that I have no need greater than my need for Jesus as my shepherd. And that if I have Jesus as my shepherd, that's all I really ever need. God, I thank you that your word says that you make me lie down in green pastures and you lead me to still waters. So God, I pray that you would provide peace for me. I pray that you'd provide a provision for me, God. I pray that I'd have peace in my heart, Lord, that you're always working on my behalf. You're always providing for me. And I thank you, God, that verse 3 says you restore my soul and you guide me in paths of righteousness and truth. And so, God, I just declare that my soul would align itself with you, Lord, and that you would guide me into right paths, right paths of thinking, right paths of feeling, right paths of acting, Lord Jesus. And I just declare that, God, my mind is going to be consumed not by being distracted by something else in this world, but by your truth. And Lord, you say in verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So God, thank you that you're with me. Thank you that you're with me in the darkest times and places in my life. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So God, I thank you for the rod and staff in my life. I thank you for your word. And I thank you for your presence in my life. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And so, God, I just declare that, God, even my haters are going to see you bless me because you're preparing so many good things for me in my future. And goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And so, God, I just, I just thank you, God, that you're chasing me down with your goodness and you're chasing me down with your mercy. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, God, I thank you that when my time has come to an end here on this earth, I know that because I placed Jesus as my shepherd, I get to spend all of eternity with you. In your name I pray. Amen. That's not hard. You don't even have to do it in front of people like I just did. <laughs> you can just open up your Bible and you can take each one of those verses, 116 words, and you can pray them over your life and you can preach them to yourself and you can prophesy them over your situation. One last reminder, make sure you get the first two words right. The Lord. Because if you don't get the first two words right, the rest of them don't matter. Jesus is your shepherd. He says, I'll lead you. I'll guide you. I'll provide for you. I'll protect you. I'll be with you in the valley. I've given you my word. I'm with you in presence, right? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to anoint you. Life with me is like a cup overflowing. I'm chasing you down with my goodness and mercy, and you get to spend all eternity in me. By the way, is there any other better shepherd out there that you've ever heard of? Does any other shepherd promise all that our shepherd promises? You can search your entire world. You'll never find him because it's only Jesus. I love you, Freedom Valley. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. 